Hello everyone. In this class, we'll try to learn about the functional anatomy of the heart. The learning objectives would be to apprehend the reflection of pericardial layers, differentiate the effect of vagal and sympathetic stimulation of heart, appreciate the importance of cardiac vagal tone and sympathetic tone, understand the myocardial contractile system and arrangement of sarcotubular system in cardiac muscle, explain the length tension relationship of cardiac muscle. then define frank starling law of heart and explain its physiological mechanisms cardiac muscle contracts in response to a impulse generated intrinsically in sa node the pacemaker of the heart the cardiac muscle is neither fatigued or not tetanized for its specialized histological and mechanical and electrical properties excitation contraction coupling and length tension relationship the heart weighs around 300 grams in adults it, it is covered by pericardium it has four chambers two atria right and left and two ventricles right and left the wall of each chamber of the heart has three layers of which most developed in the ventricle is myocardium pericardium it is a double layered sac covering the heart uh, it is fibrous pericardium and serous pericardium fibrous pericardium is the outer layer which is tough and inelastic due to the dense irregular connective tissue and prevents over distension of the heart whereas uh, serous pericardium is the inner layer which further is made up of two layers the outer layer of the serous pericardium is parietal pericardium that lies in co- uh, close contact with the fibrous pericardium the inner layer of the serous pericardium visceral visceral pericardium that lies in the close contact with the heart So these are the different uh, layers of the heart fibrous pericardium the parietal layer of the serous pericardium pericardial cavity visceral layer of serous pericardium that is um, epicardium then myocardium endocardium and the trabecular cavity pericardial cavity is the space between two layers of the serous pericardium it contains pericardial fluid the amount of pericardial fluid is 15 ml The function of pericardial fluid is to reduce restriction that is friction between the layers of the pericardium. The, peri- the pericardial effusion is a condition where there will be accumulation of the excess fluid in the pericardial cavity. The walls of the heart chambers uh, the there are three layers in the wall epicardium myocardium and endocardium. epicardium is the outermost layer and it is made up of mesothelium and connective tissue whereas myocardium is the middle layer uh, and which forms the bulk of the ventricles the wall of the atria are thinner 2 mm thick than the wall of the ventricles the wall thickness is proportionate to the pressure generated by the chambers to propel the blood the left ventricular wall thickness is 10 mm as left ventricle generates maximum pressure to pump blood into the systemic circulation and the right ventricular wall thickness is 5 mm as right ventricle generates less pressure to pump blood into the pulmonary circulation the muscles of the ventricles are arranged mostly spirally see the endocardium this is the inner wall of the heart it consists of layers of endothelium overlying thin layer of connective tissue it is continuous with the endothelial lining of large vessels that originate from the heart 
so this is the diagram of uh, the heart is the right surface uh, of the heart sterno uh, costal that is anterior surface this is the left surface and this is the posterior surface of the base and this is interventricular septum the cardiac chambers there are four chambers two atria and two ventricles as i told right atrium receiving blood from different parts of the body via inferior and superior vena cava called venous written it pours the blood into the right ventricle uh, through the right atrioventricular wall or tricuspid wall emptying of the blood from right atrium into the right ventricle is largely passive only about 20% of the blood is transferred by atrial contraction during atrial systole left atrium receives blood from pulmonary circulation and empties into the left ventricle via left av wall right ventricle pumps blood uh, into pulmonary circulation via pulmonary semilunar walls the peak pressure generated by right ventricular contraction is about 25 mm of hg left ventricle pumps the blood into the systemic circulation through aortic walls the peak pressure generated by left ventricular contraction is about 120 mm hg cardiac walls the cardiac walls are present the junction between the chambers at the output orifices of the ventricles they are made up of thin flaps which are called as leaflets orientation of the walls allows the unidirectional flow of the blood there are two atrioventricular walls and two semilunar walls semilunar walls uh, they are located at the outlet of the orifices of the ventricle the pulmonary semilunar wall is located between the right uh, ventricle and pulmonary artery and the aortic semilunar wall located between the left ventricle and aorta ventricular systole uh, the cusps open and the blood is propelled out at the end of the systole the cusps snap and prevent regurgitation of the blood so this uh, diagram showing the different chambers and different walls this is the tricuspid wall and this is the bicuspid wall between uh, the atria and the ventricle and this is aortic wall between the left ventricle and aorta and this is uh, the pulmonary wall between the uh, right left ventricle and the aorta and this is uh, the uh, pulmonary wall between the left ventricle and the pulmonary artery cardiac innervation it is innervated by sympathetic and parasympathetic divisions of the autonomic nervous system parasympathetic stimulation decreases the heart activities whereas sympathetic stimulation increases the activity of the heart the cardiac pacemaker sa node actively is influenced by both parasympathetic and sympathetic systems however in basal condition parasympathetic or vagal tone is more than the sympathetic tone therefore normally the heart rate is the function of the vagal tone the ventricular mass is predominantly supplied by sympathetic fibers therefore myocardial contractility is greatly influenced by sympathetic discharge and hence stroke volume is function of sympathetic tone parasympathetic innervation the vagal fibers originate from three vagal nuclei present in the medulla oblongata these are nucleus tactus solitarius dorsal motor nucleus of vagus and nucleus ambiguus 
the preganglionic parasympathetic fibers traverse in the vagus nerve on the both the sides the ganglion cells are mostly located in the cardiac tissue and the postganglionic fibers are present in the heart itself difference in the right and left vagus the right vagus innervates the right atrium and sa node therefore stimulation of the right vagus strongly inhibits the heart rate left vagus innervates left atrium av node and bundle of fish therefore stimulation of the left vagus slows or blocks av nodal conduction however stimulation of either of the nerves can inhibit functions of both the nodes as there is a sufficient overlap in the nodal innervation of both the vagi innervation of the ventricles uh, by vagi is sparse therefore parasympathetic stimulation does not significantly affect the force of contraction vagal stimulation results in negative inotropic effect that decreases the heart rate negative dromotropic dromotropic effect that is decreases the heart rate of conduction it has a negative bathmotropic effect that is it decreases the excitability of the heart and it is negative inotropic that it decreases the myocardial contractility so this is uh, the innervation of the vagus uh, the right vagus it supplies the sa node and the right atrium whereas left vagus supplies the left atria and the av node predominantly whereas uh, sympathetic through superior inferior and uh, inferior cervical ganglion with the uh, thoracic sympathetic chain uh, it is going to innervate both the uh, atria and the ventricles the basal heart rate it is the heart rate in resting condition it is also called as resting heart rate sa node is controlled by vagus therefore basal heart rate depends on the vagal tone intrinsic heart rate denervation of the heart increases the heart rate from its basal rate to post denervation rate the increase in the heart rate following denervation is the intrinsic heart rate which indicates that normally vagal tone dominates over the sympathetic tone for the control of heart rate and the intrinsic heart rate is somewhere around 100 beats per minute sympathetic innervation it originates from the intermediary gray column of the spinal cord starting from the lower two cervical segment to the upper five thoracic segment the preganglionic fibers emerges from the spinal cord then enters into the paravertebral chain of ganglia the cell bodies of postganglionic fibers are located in the superior middle and inferior cervical ganglia the fibers innervate atria nodal tissues and conducting pathways and pierce ventricles to uh, ventricles to extensively supply the myocardium the difference in the left and the right sympathetic fibers the right side of the sympathetic division supplies sa node right atrium and right ventricle whereas left sympathetic fibers mainly supply av node the left atrium and ventricle thus the stimulation of the right sympathetic uh, nerve predominantly affect the heart rate whereas the stimulation of the left sympathetic mainly affects the myocardial contractility sympathetic stimulation it has a positive chronotropic effect positive inotropic effect it has a positive dromotropic effect and positive bathmotropic effect coming to cardiac muscle it is a striated muscle the nucleus is centrally uh, placed uh, 
and fibers are branched like skeletal muscle fibers. Specialized areas known as intercalated discs are present at the junction of the branching fibers. The intercalated discs contain many gap junctions. Gap junctions are electrical synapses through which the depolarization wave passes from one cell to another. The heart contacts as a single unit to uh, presence of gap, gap junction and hence acts as a functional sensation. So this is uh, innervation of the right and right and left sympathetic trunks. Okay. So, so these are going to form superior, uh, middle and inferior, which is also called as stellate ganglion, and with some of the uh, thoracic uh, sympathetic trunk, they are going to innervate the heart. A syncytium is defined as a tissue containing cells uh, with no boundaries. The syncytial tissue acts as a single unit. Myocardial tissues are not anatomical syncytium. However, they are physiological syncytium as functionally they behave like a single unit due to presence of numerous gap junctions. There are two syncytia in the heart, the atrial syncytium and the ventricular syncytium as atria and ventricles are functionally two separate units. So this is the structure of the cardiac muscle fibers. They are have intercalated disc. They are nucleated, and uh, they uh, are branching. Myocardial contractile system consists of sarcomeres that contain thick and uh, thin filaments. Uh, thick fil filaments are myosin, and thin are actin. The shortening of the cardiac muscle occurs by sliding filament mechanism. Cardiac muscle cells are rich in mitochondria, which allows them for a rapid oxidation of substrates to produce ATP. Sarcotubular system it consists of uh, transverse tubules, T-tubules, and sarcoplasmic reticulum, that is cisterns. The T-tubules are present as a deep invagination of the sarcolemma into the muscle fibers at the red lines, which is present at AI junction in the skeletal muscle. That is uh, the difference. The T-tubules more developed in the ventricular myocytes than atrial myocytes and the diameter of the T-tubule in ventricular muscle cell is more than the double of the diameter of T-tubules in the skeletal muscles. Sarcoplasmic reticulum is present in close association with T-tubular system forming the diet that contains one tubule and one system. So this is the diagram showing uh, the sarcoplasmic reticular system in the cardiac myocytes, uh, whereas uh, the diode is present at the Z line, unlike uh, at AI band in the skeletal muscle system. So, these are the difference between uh, structure in the cardiac muscle fiber and skeletal muscle fibers. Uh, it is very uh, regular in skeletal muscle and it is less, in, less regular in cardiac muscle fibers. T-tubules are located at Z-line here at AI junction. The diameter of tubule is more and here it is less. The L-tubules are narrow and uh, in skeletal muscle they are large, dilated and uh, uh, they have a diet that is one T-tubule and with one system whereas in skeletal muscle there are it forms a triad that one tubule 
uh, with the two systems the active force developed is maximum uh, within the optimum length the interaction of thick and thin filaments and the number of cross bridge formation are the maximal within the optimal length the increase in the length of sarcomere increases the sensitivity of the myofilaments to calcium it is also explained that stretch of myocardium increases the affinity of the troponin c to calcium when the sarcomeres are stretched beyond the optimal length the force developed decreases due to the decrease in the overlap and interaction between thick and thin filaments this decreases the cross bridge formation okay so uh, here um, the diagram showing the tension and the length relationship okay uh, so the passive tension which occurs because of the elastic fibers uh, it is going to increase after the particular uh, length okay and whereas the active tension which is produced because of the contraction of the muscle fibers because of the myosin and actin it is going to plateau at one particular uh, limit that is the physiological limit uh, then active tension produced will be rather reduced and this is the the summated tension that is the uh, the total tension is the product of active tension and passive tension and this is the optimum length where uh, the actin and myosin filaments interaction occurs maximally frank starling law of the heart the law states that force of contraction is directly proportional to the initial length of muscle fiber within physiological limit there are four mechanisms to explain frank starling law uh, one with increase in diastolic volume the muscle fibers stretch when increases the interaction between thick and thin filament that in turn increases the force of contraction the stretch opens uh, the stretch sensitive calcium channel which increases the calcium influx into the cell that uh, thereby increasing the force of contraction the third is increasing the intracellular calcium ions increases the further release of calcium from sarcoplasmic reticulum by activating the calcium induced calcium channels increased intracellular calcium increases the force of contraction and fourth is myocardial stretch enhances the affinity of troponin c for calcium which increases the force of contraction the excitation contraction uh, coupling uh, is going to uh, alter a bit here ions needed for the generation of the resting membrane potential uh, the action potential and pacemaker potential of the cardiac tissues the potassium the rmp and therefore determines the excitability sodium and calcium they determines action potential potassium and calcium they are important for pacemaker potential and the concentration of calcium it is important for the myocardial contractility when wave of depolarization spreads into the muscles through the t tubules calcium released from the sarcoplasmic reticulum calcium enters into the cytosol that enters uh, uh, the cell and triggers for the calcium release from sarcoplasmic reticulum binding of calcium with troponin c causes interaction of the calcium troponin complex uh, with the tropomyosin that uncovers the active site between thick and thin filament which allows the cross bridge cycling and causes muscle contraction like in skeletal muscle fibers 
Alteration in the cytosolic calcium alters the force of contraction. Cytosolic calcium can be released by two mechanisms by increasing the calcium in the ECF or by decreasing the sodium gradient across the sarcolemma. Then influence of cytosolic calcium. Increased cytosolic calcium retards the sodium calcium exchange which decreases the calcium removal from the cell. Then decreased ECF sodium causes less sodium to enter the cell so that less calcium is exchanged for sodium. The cardiac glycosides like drugs like digoxin uh, increase the force of contraction by inhibiting sodium potassium ATPase that results in accumulation of the intracellular sodium. So this decreases the sodium calcium exchange. The contractility. The change in the peak isovolumetric force at given uh, initial fiber length at particularly endastolic volume. It represents performance of ventricle at a given preload or afterload. The increased contractility represents increase in the developed force and velocity of contraction. The myocardium has highly rich capillaries. There is almost one capillary for one muscle fiber in cardiac muscle. Therefore, the anatomical closeness between capillary and the muscle fiber the diffusion distance is very less which facilitates delivery of oxygen and nutrients and removal of carbon dioxide and waste products so this is a brief functional introduction to uh, the heart thank you